Well, it's almost spring, which means the flowers will be blooming, the air will be warm, and babbling brooks will roll through the meadows. A very idyllic picture indeed. But all that lovely nature stuff aside, the fact that it's almost spring means my pal Suki Jones' new book is almost out. It's called Sea Swallow Me, and it's an addiction memoir that pretty much has it all. Sex, punk rock, heroin, and nodding off in the elementary school parking lot while waiting for one's kids to get out of school. A familiar Christmas story for sure, but it's coming out in the spring. See, Swallow Me is already number one on Amazon's drug dependency and recovery chart. It's an amazing book about addiction and redemption, and it's got one of the best covers I've ever seen. Go to embersarts.com to order a copy or get it at Barnes & Noble or Apple Books or Amazon or wherever it is that you get your books. It's quite a read, and you're going to dig it. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. of my guest today on the program, Cat Clyde. Let me tell you a little bit about Cat Clyde. Well, putting it simply, Cat Clyde is crushing it. The Canadian singer-songwriter's just-released new album, Down Rounder, hit the number one spot in the most-added Americana radio album charts, and her single, Mystic Light, which you just heard, was the number two most-added single on the same chart. Produced by Tony Berg, who has worked with everyone from Phoebe Bridgers to Paul McCartney, Clyde's third album is a wondrous and poetic collection of indie folk and breezy roots music. Filled with spare acoustic numbers, jangling pop, and heartfelt ballads, the album is filled with flourishes of piano, surf guitar, chiming bells, and unreasonably beautiful vocals that tug and yearn and long and ache. Using the natural world as a philosophical guide, Down Rounder is a moving meditation about home and love and our ever-shifting spiritual selves. It's an album about rediscovery, persona, self-expression, identity, and realizing that feeling lost is the only way to be found. It's quite an album. And this is quite a conversation. So let's get to it. Here's me and Cat Clyde having a chat right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast.
always trying to keep like consistency and and flow and movement like I'm always trying to write whether that be like poetry or songs or um just anything I'm always just kind of trying to write and then um you know when I have time or space so you know make songs or I mean there's definitely like phases of things but I try to yeah just keep the flow going and just keep writing and um just keep collecting I feel like I collect a lot like sometimes you write a song in one go and it's really that's really great feels great um but also sometimes it's a lot of collecting and you just kind of collect as you go and then you know one day you sit down and you look at all the little pieces and make them into something this is good for i think young artists to hear you say that because sometimes there are pieces you collect where you go i don't know where that goes or if it goes anywhere but i'm going to collect it anyway yeah, I mean, I think collecting is really important because, like, regardless if it's usable material or not, um, I think just the act of collecting um, keeps, like, flow and movement and, um, I don't know, keeps that awareness of of being the observer and, you know, noticing things and, and um, taking them and keeping them for later and yeah, like I said, regardless if you use the material that could that material could inspire different materials. So it's always useful to collect, but, I think. Yeah, and that makes me think that the antenna is always up. And so you're sort of always in collecting mode, even if you're on vacation or if you're out to dinner or you're taking a walk, it feels like it's always that's always going. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Which is a I mean, that's kind of a cool thing, but it's also you know, you can't, it's like, you can't take a break from being an artist because you're always sort of in that kind of gear. Yeah. It's definitely like a way of, of being and, and having that observation and, and kind of tuning in and also tuning out. Um, it's a strange way to be, I think, but I enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, I suppose my, my question now is, are you getting better at realizing like, okay, this, this piece is something I'm not going to be needing. Um, you know, are you, are you more efficient at sifting through what you've collected? Yeah, I definitely think I'm, I'm much better. I used to just kind of collect and sort of throw a lot away. Um, but I feel like I'm collecting and keeping more and I'm way better at organizing the things I collect because that's a whole other job like collecting is one thing but then having it organized it's like the difference between being a hoarder and a collector is very thin line so you have to uh I've definitely learned to be more organized in in my collecting I think I'm not the best but I've definitely grown a lot yeah the collector would never characterize themselves as a hoarder no yeah that's for sure <laughs> right yeah I've I've found that my thinking is that as you evolve as an artist, that when you, I imagine that the more you evolve, the easier it is to see what doesn't belong. Because I think in the early days of an artistic career, it seems like anything could be thrown into the mix. And then as you sort of refine your sort of um, artistic aesthetic and your attack, that you kind of realize it becomes easier to go, oh, that's that's something I would have done three years ago. I wouldn't do that now. Yeah, definitely. I think as you grow, you align more with what 
feels good and and you're able to recognize what feels good more easily and then you can just sort of move towards that and leave all the rest behind yeah exactly right right are you uh are you hard on yourself in any way in this in this artistic process where where is the point where you or even if you are hard on yourself yeah I think I'm quite hard on myself I feel like I've grown a lot in that aspect like I've um, definitely learned to be much kinder um, but it is difficult um, because you know I want to make things that are real and true and sort of checking in with myself and making sure you know it's something that I want and that I feel really good about before sharing it is uh it can be difficult not to be hard on yourself because often when you do share it you get new insight and new intel that you didn't have before and yeah it can sometimes be difficult growing up were you did you feel supported by your family in your pursuit of an artistic career yeah I mean I think um my parents weren't really uh like really into music um my I mean they like music but um I had a few uncles that were really fantastic musicians and um that was sort of my first experience of like hearing live music and um seeing live music um and that was definitely really uh transformative for me um I think like my parents always um supported that I wanted to do music I'm not sure how realistic they thought <laughs> that it was I feel like most parents of people who do music that I know kind of all felt similar in that way of uh the reality of the um chances of being able to support yourself and uh create art you know in terms of your writing process it's a magical process it's it's one of those things where you don't want to ask too many questions um and sometimes people will say to you like what is your process and i just think the idea of collecting stuff is is explanation enough um for how that how that sort of stew gets made um but do you ever find yourself thinking you know like how is this happening? Or do you just not ask any questions and let that process sort of just go through you? Yeah, I don't think I really ask too many questions. I just try to um, enjoy it and be present with it when it is happening, you know, especially those moments where, you know, an entire song will come out. It's a very um, euphoric feeling to have. Um, often I find I write uh, about things that I have a difficult time like being honest with myself about so when something comes out and it's very it really reflects um how I'm feeling sonically and lyrically um it's a very like euphoric high feeling and it feels very good to sort of have taken that uh feeling and expressed it uh in a, in a tangible way um yeah I don't really ask I just feel I just try to ride the wave when it comes <laughs> right 
And is that yeah. also therapeutic to sort of, it's almost like you're explaining yourself to yourself. Is that a, a therapeutic process? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. I think like writing for me has always been a source of like, mm, like a way for me to understand myself more deeply and um, commune with myself and um, connect with myself on a deeper level. I feel like in my own writing, I feel like I'm smarter as a writer than I am as a person. <laughs> You know, like, I think I'm kind of an idiot in real life. <laughs> I think, like, when I'm writing, I become wise. There's, like, a wisdom that I don't really have as a civilian. Does that make sense? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, you know, you can tap into these places and, you know, they're not necessarily you. You're just sort of tapping in and, and um, yeah, I think, yeah, it can definitely feel like you're on on the path of something really great that's not necessarily has a lot to do with you at all <laughs> right and then when you think like yourself on stage um because if I'm doing a reading for a book I feel like I'm that guy I feel like I'm the guy who's wise who's writing I think I tap into that when I get off of the stage at a bookstore I turn back into you know myself mm -hmm. which is you know which is not all that that uh, impressive, I don't think, in terms of how I, you know, I'm, I'm better on the page. So, for you, when you get on stage um, versus when you come off, do you feel a kind of shift in your persona? Do you feel that it's like two different parts of you? Yeah, definitely, absolutely. I think, like, yeah, I definitely conjure uh, a lot of different. Uh, this definitely this different version of myself that's much more confident and sometimes it's easier to conjure than other times um but when things hit just right and uh it definitely feels like i'm existing outside of reality <laughs> growing up were there you know being because you're you're originally from which town in ontario um outside of stratford uh like perth county ontario and is that pretty rural yeah it's rural so there, were there people around you that were doing what you wanted to do or were you looking outside of your town for inspiration? Well, um, I moved uh, to a house uh, with my mom and brother outside of Stratford when I was around 10. And there was, um, I had like a, a bunch of neighbor kids and they were all, we were all similar age. And um, one in particular, his name was Dustin. Um, he he had a few brothers, but his parents owned a music store in the nearby town, and um, they were really all about music. And I ended up, I think I was around fourteen. I that was like one of my first jobs. I taught guitar, and um, his parents uh, ended up creating this uh, band of all the like students and teachers. Uh, and we were called the Big Wheel Show. <laughs> we, so we went out and uh, played, you know, cover songs and at fairs and things. And that was kind of my first taste of um, like performing. And um, and yeah, that experience taught me a lot. And um, yeah, it was a really cool experience. How long did that go on for? Oh, I don't think it lasted too long. Maybe maybe a year, maybe not even. Um, but yeah, there was only a few of us 
Um, but it was really cool. It was really great. And it definitely um, helped me a lot with my like anxiety and fear of performing. Um, but it, it, was a, it was definitely a cool experience. What kind of covers were you guys doing? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, oh, geez, that's a good question. I think we did like a, oh, I can't remember her name. Oh, what's her name? Oh my gosh, that's such a funny question. I haven't thought about that in a really long time. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure. I remember doing um, uh, Wagon Wheel and uh, yeah, just like folk sort of poppy songs and then there was another group uh that did like johnny cash and june carter covers which i adored mm. and watching them was amazing um yeah i can't really remember right now sorry no no what happened to the other members of the big wheel contingent um i'm still very good friends with dustin today he actually owns a music store now um in that same town and um molly morrison was the she did june carter covers i'm not really sure what she's up to but she has a fantastic voice and um trevor i think was the johnny cash guy i'm not sure what they're up to no idea <laughs> um so any hopes of a reunion uh you'll have to track them down <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not <laughs> that'll never happen <laughs> uh that's a pretty big thing though for you to suddenly be on stage you know and being looked at and listened to at such a young age that must have been incredibly good training you're getting the reps in but it also must have been very daunting yeah I mean I'm definitely uh, an introverted person and uh it was really difficult for me to play on stage and just like having the support of my friend Dustin and um yeah just being supported by you know some really nice people was really helpful and definitely really helped me it's definitely been a journey for me um feeling comfortable on stage like I said sometimes it's easier to conjure um than others but um I feel like now I'm in a pretty good place performance wise and that experience definitely helped me a lot yeah and I mean of the thousands of interviews I've done every musician tells me they're an introvert no musician has ever said I'm actually an extrovert so this is easy for me but everybody's an introvert and when you yeah. had that sort of big wheel opportunity you didn't say no right you could have said no but you went for it and it's interesting to think like that introverted part of you which is very um you know very real also is sort of bumping against the idea of, but I also want to express myself. And so you did it, which is an incredibly brave thing to do. It's actually really cool when you think about it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I've always had that, that feeling of, you know, being around live music or seeing live music. Like, like I said, like watching my uncle's play was really like my first experience with that. And then really the big wheel show, I didn't really see too many concerts when I was a kid till I got older um but yeah I've always felt like I knew like expressing myself and singing has always just been 
a place for me that feels very good and very right. And even though everything else feels uncomfortable, it's still worth it. <laughs> yeah. What I love about your stuff is that like when I watch the videos or I watch live performances, you seem very confident and you seem very self-possessed and very in the pocket. Um, and so I wonder also if that conjuring of that persona who's in the pocket and confident is a way to kind of protect um, that introverted part of you. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think like, um, you know, if you're not careful, if you're not careful to keep calm and, and uh, confident around like the bees, you're going to get stung. So mm. <laughs> it's important to, to, you know, feel that confidence to connect with the music and connect with being lost in that. Because if you start, well, for me, if I start overthinking or um, sort of leaving leaving my body not in a good way, um, it, it can uh, leave the door open for, you know, anxieties or doubts or fear. I'm not going back. No, I'm not going back. Even if it slows me down. I'm not coming back around I'm not going down No, I'm not gonna bend back down I've been there before I don't live there no
you know, you have to be looked at. People are staring at you and they're also listening to you as they're looking at you. And they have a, you go to a concert, they have a pretty fixed gaze. If they're not looking at their phone, they're staring at the stage. Um, have you become better at the notion of like, okay, I'm being looked at, whatever. Has that become something which is, you've sort of made peace with, it's easier? I think it's a lot easier. I think it's still difficult for me in the in-between spaces. Sometimes I have a hard time uh being present like between songs i can feel safe within songs um but then sometimes yeah knowing you're being looked at and observed uh can cause a lot of anxiety but i feel um yeah inside of a song it's much easier for me to to feel sort of strong and confident and I'm I've definitely grown a lot a lot but it's still sometimes difficult in the in-between spaces for me I haven't seen you play live but I hope to but what for you what's the connective tissue between songs that do you sort of tell us little stories or do you talk or do you like do, do you even think about that um I don't speak I mean I I've been trying to more because I feel like maybe I create like kind of like an awkwardness but um <laughs> I think I've gotten better um but yeah I I really like the songs to speak for themselves and I don't tend to enjoy you know lamenting over what the songs are about and and things like that because I feel that you know once a song is out and released it's it doesn't really belong to me anymore. And I feel it's really important for people to take and create their own meanings to the song. Like, I feel like, you know, if someone painted a painting, you wouldn't go up to the painting and ask, you know, oh, what were you going through when you painted this? And why did you paint this? And how did you paint it? It's, you just, the art speaks for itself. And I really like the, my songs to speak for themselves as well. Yeah, like the delight of seeing the rabbit come out of the hat is far more interesting than how it got there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a, a tradition of singer-songwriters who, I mean, Dylan is one of them, where like he just doesn't say anything. He just plays the songs and that's basically it. But the songs are so rich that, I mean, what do you yeah. want from it, right? Yeah, exactly. You've You've already you know, made the meal, don't ask for the recipe. <laughs> right, right. It's <laughs> so true. I saw, yeah. um, do you know that band Great Big C? I don't think so. They're this big Canadian band. They're not together anymore, but um, I saw them here in San Francisco and their stuff is is just amazing. And they were so funny between songs and they would sort of like do this amazing banter and then they would sort of, you know, sing the song about a guy who died drinking or something. And I thought, <laughs> you know, it was such a cool thing to sort of see that juxtaposition of comedy and then shift into like, a, you know, kind of a serious song. And that's another attack, too. And so 
um, you know, it just, it really is just, it kind of just depends on what you're comfortable doing. And, you know, I don't think the artist has to, has to say much between songs if they don't want to. Yeah. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> that makes me feel better. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, you know, what more do you want from an artist? It's like, they're there, they're playing the songs and to sort of provide, some, I mean, look, it's always, if they're good at it and they want to do it, it's lovely. And if they don't, yeah. Absolutely. Lovely, right. Yeah, I agree. How are you as a global rover? Are you are you pretty good with with getting in the in the van and going, or do you get homesick? Um, currently, I don't really have a home, so there's no real home to get sick about. Um, I feel like I'm. I've definitely been craving a space. Um, but also right now, I don't mind kind of being uprooted and wandering um it's kind of a natural state even though it's can be quite uncomfortable sometimes um but yeah I mean traveling is really difficult it's it's not easy to for each day and each moment to be different and have like very little consistency um in like sleep and you know where you sleep and um what you eat and things like that that can be mm. very difficult um but yeah I really do enjoy moving around and seeing different places and I think in the future I would really love to especially doing like U.S. tours and um things I would really love to spread out the dates and spend more time um just like hiking and stuff because sitting in the car for long periods can be really exhausting too so it's oh, yeah. difficult to also get like movement with your body and things like that so I think in the future I would really love to spread things out a little more so I can have opportunities to like see places a little more um, than just sort of hotel room and venue yeah and my friends who are in vans they they would always hit the road they get in the van and go but they always knew they were tethered to the idea of home where like, okay, when this is done, I can't wait to go, you know, sleep in my own bed and play with my dog and, you know, make a meal for you. Like you were saying, like, you don't have a base right now. Is that a, that seems like a very specific and purposeful choice. Um, well, I was living in Quebec with my partner during the pandemic and we had a really lovely space is right on the St. Lawrence river and we had a um, home studio there and um, unfortunately ended up having some mold issues and we both kind of got sick and ended up having to leave and sort of went back home. And it's it's definitely better now, but it's still a little, a little chaotic. All our things are still in storage and um, so yeah, I mean, I, it would definitely be nice to have have a space to call home. But after that experience, it was just a really difficult experience to go through, and um, also not really sure where I want to be. I'm not sure if I want to um, be in Canada or I just there's just so many different places to be and I'm not really sure where to be and I feel like I've kind of been in that space for a little bit now so nowhere really feels like home so just trying to figure out 
where that could be. Do you have these sort of mental flirtations with, you know, England would be cool? Or in other words, have you have you sort of spun the the wheel in your brain and thought like, you know, what would it be like if I was living in Belgium? Yeah, I mean, I really love Germany. Um, I couldn't see myself living there for a really long time. I think I've always fantasized about living in the deep north, um, like the Yukon, Northwest Territories. Um, I've also thought about living in uh, on Vancouver Island. Um, but yeah, being close to nature is really important to me. So um, it's difficult because, you know, being a, a touring musician, it's nice to be decently close to an airport and, you know, decently close to, you know, bigger cities or things like that. And um, that can be hard because I really, I'm really not a city person and I can't really, I don't think I could really ever see myself living in a city for more than a very brief amount of time. So is there something about an isolated home like the idea of living where there's not that many people um that's a really romantic notion um and and i like the quiet of it i think that's really kind of cool um have you always been attracted to the non the non city the non bustle you know the the quietude of the world rather than the you know the human press of of traffic yeah, I've always favored the natural world over the human world. I think the human world is, is uh, I think there's lots of cool things about it, but um, for me, the natural world wins every time. <laughs> yeah. Are you good at being alone? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that um, I am too. And, I, and sometimes I worry that I'm like, I'm getting way too good at being alone. Like I thought like, you know, it really, I mean, community is a really important thing. And I think, you know, I'm a writer and, and you're a writer and, you know, and you're a performer and it's sort of like the artistic life, there is a, a romance in the solitude of it. But I, I do think community is such a healing, vital thing to have. Do you, do you figure out ways to cultivate your community, even when in an isolated atmosphere yeah that's a good question I feel like I'm I definitely struggle with isolating uh a lot because I feel I am very good at it and it can be difficult for me to come out of that space I think I am realizing that how important community is and I think that's what makes it so difficult to find a place to want to live because I feel like wherever I choose, I would really love some sense of community, um, which I don't really necessarily feel like I've ever had an opportunity to cultivate just because I do move around so much. And, um, but I feel I'm starting to get a grasp on that maybe. <laughs> yeah. It's that balance, right. Where it's sort of like, you can sort of step into the quiet and then if you need to you know get a hit of of uh people you can step the other direction and get that yeah yeah a map doesn't tell you where that is right you just sort of you kind of have to get no. lucky <laughs> and find that that balance um i know i know because i think the idea of creating 
here's the weird thing, Kat, is that you're creating something in your art for a community, but that's also being created in solitude, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel like this year, like I played a lot of festivals in Canada and um, I kind of started to notice the type of people that um, were really excited about my music and it kind of, um, it, it kind of made me feel quite good to kind of see these, you know, this group of sort of kind of loners and travelers and adventurers just that are very much like me. And, and it was sort of neat to see, oh, these are my people and, and they are out there. And um, yeah, I, I guess, I guess when you when you say it like that, I am kind of creating a community and 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 it is accessible to me. And um, yeah, it just felt very good to to play those shows and 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 meet those people and hang out with those people and feel very comfortable um, with those people. So yeah, they're like they're your teammates. Yeah, they're my people. They're your people, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Have you heard? <laughs> Of those people, have they reached out on social media to tell you what what your music has done for them emotionally? Have you have you received some some missives from the community? Yeah, I've I've received quite a few um, messages and a lot of um, a lot of uh, people struggling with mental health and um, I, it feels good because. Um, you know, I feel like music does that for me. Music really helps me and to not feel alone and to feel like understood and feel like, you know, I have a friend out there, even if, you know, it might kind of sort of be in my mind because, because it's just a person singing a song. But um, yeah, it feels good to, to, make those connections with people and, and feel like, um, you know, I'm not wasting any of my difficult feelings. I'm alchemizing them into something that is healing for other people as well. There's that shift where you realize like, I'm not just a person trying to write songs that will reach people. It's like, no, I've written the songs, they've reached the people and now the people are reaching back. And you realize that the word responsibility is probably a little overwrought, but now it's sort of like you're in this place where you go, oh, there is a kind of responsibility to my community now that I know that they're out there and they know that I'm here. Yeah, definitely. I feel like, um, I'm not sure if it's the responsibility is with, is on other people. I think it's it's just kind of on me to to keep to keep collecting and keep doing what I do and, and sharing it because it is meaningful and um, it is, you know, creating vibrations and waves and, and healing, I think. Yeah. It's like, you're, these are like, you know, they're, they're fight songs for underdogs, right? I mean, like you, you hear, you hear your, your people that give you comfort as a, you know, as a kid, whoever it was, um, and that kind of stuff can get you through the night. I mean, it's like, you know, I always hear people say things like so-and-so got me through high school and like, they're not kidding. Like they really mean that that music was a tremendous source of 
um, strength and comfort. Um, I, you yeah. know, who was that for you? Just out of curiosity, growing up, like who was your, who was your go-to? Who was conjuring a world which made your life feel okay? I think like you know, in in high school and things, uh, I really loved uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, and they were a big part of um, saving me <laughs> through high school. Yeah. Um, I think um, like early Tegan and Sarah, I really loved that sort of stuff. And then when I started getting into blues, like hearing Lead Belly for the first time, and that just felt like so real and so um, so true. And, and it just made me, um, yeah, really not feel alone. And there are these like deep you know, dark feelings that other people experience and they're able to express it and, and share it and lighten, lighten the load for everybody. And, and, um, yeah. Yeah. That neutral milk hotel is still, I still can't get my head around how magical they, they were. I, I, yeah. No, holy cow. Yeah, definitely. I definitely still go back there sometimes. I've recently gone back there and it's just like, incredible I think there's there are certain artists that they just express they just like put out they just like release this uh I don't know it's almost like a chemical in 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 what they're doing and it's just so like primitive and real so uh like pure um and true I'm not really sure I don't feel like I can find a word that makes that represents what I'm trying to say, but that's okay. No, I totally get it because I think Neutral Milk Hotel makes all of us stammer in our descriptions of what they did because it's so. I I I have the same problem. I don't know what to say about. I just say to people, this is just magic. Don't I can't tell you anything about it. Just listen to it because it it renders mm -hmm. me inarticulate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did um, punk rock do anything for you at all? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, punk rock was a huge uh, part of uh, high school for me. Um, I definitely felt very angry and, and to have that like visceral release uh, was very exciting. And um, yeah, I loved it. Who were your, um, your punk bands you liked? Um, I really loved the Addicts, and I really loved uh, the Misfits, and um, oh, Against Me, really loved Against Me. Well, it's you went dark. I I love the Misfits and the Addicts too, and Against Me, and I think that no one ever name checks the Addicts, and they were such an interesting band. I think they were like just marvelous. Yeah, I agree. That sort of like Clockwork Orange punk. Rock. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I was so obsessed with the Clockwork Orange when I was in high school. <laughs> yeah, 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 I, I love that. So yeah, and the Addicts are sort of like an extension of. I think if that movie hadn't been made, that band wouldn't, or if that book hadn't been written, that band wouldn't have existed. And I just, I just love the Addicts so much, and um, and the Misfits were really important for me too. Um, you know, it's just interesting to hear how like you know, Devil's Whorehouse made it to you know, rural Ontario, you think like, yeah, like these, this music finds its way to people. It just finds its, its community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. 
What was it about the Misfits that that did it for you? I don't know. It kind of had this like fifties under under sort of current that was very like classic almost, and then it just had these like really obscene lyrics um and just like the energy i think the energy was was a lot and also the cramps was a big um thing for me uh but yeah the the energy that that sort of like like almost like tantrum i don't know i feel like when you're really like young you it's very easy to see like everything that's wrong with the world and like why is it like this? So yeah. this doesn't make any sense. Why is everyone just okay with this the way it is? And and sort of that sort of like tantrum um, energy of like wanting everyone to like wake the fuck up and realize it doesn't need to be like this. Um, I just love that energy. And I think it's a really important energy for for the world because there is so much uh, as you get older, you just sort of, yeah, that's the way it is. But that energy of it doesn't have to be, um, you know, let's let's talk about why, why it's fucked up so we can move forward in a nicer way. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I, yeah, I really connect with that energy. Kat, I really appreciate your time. I love what you do. And I love, uh, I'm glad I'm part of the community. Um, that you're building because your music really speaks to me um, as well. Yeah, it's been really lovely to chat with you, and 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 uh, yeah, it feels good to be to be creating it and cultivating a community, and and uh, yeah, I'm grateful you're a part of it. If you want to be a teammate, too, all you have to do is go to catclydemusic.com. That's cat with a C and Clyde with a C. Go there, pick up the music, get some merch, have some fun. Get on board. alexgreenonline.com is where you need to go to find out what's happening with me. Also, check out embersarts.com. We're putting out some books. See what we're up to. We're busy. Bombshellradio.com will tell you all you need to know about what makes our radio station tick. You can follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor or on Instagram at Embers Podcast or just email me, editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Go to the one that you use, subscribe, rate and review, and tell all your friends. Tell strangers, too. Let's not leave them out. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Mystic Light off of Cat Clyde's new album, Down Rounder. Enjoy it, and thank you as always for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast only right here on Bombshell Radio. Bombshell Radio.